Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, your day. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and for your mercy, uh, for giving us one more Lord's Day in which we can come into your presence and uh, learn more about um, sin, what it has done to us, and how your grace overcomes even uh, sin and everything that it has corrupted. So we pray, Lord, that you may bless us as we um, search for and uh, dive deep into uh, wrath. And uh, we pray that you may bless us with uh, self-awareness so we may repent of it and may come to you seeking for your aid and be restored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, so as you can see in uh, your handouts, we have um, wrath and um, the peacemaker for this morning. And I wanted to um, read something to you uh, as, an in, as a way of introduction. Uh, this is taken from Not the Way Supposed to Be. That's the title of the book by uh, Cornelius Plantinga Jr. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Is it Cornelius or Neil Plantinga? Those, those are brothers and, and they have similar names. Anyhow. Uh, listen to this story. In 1989, newspapers in Iowa, of all places, published a sequence of stories that center on a classic love triangle. Two striking young women found themselves grappling for the same boyfriend. Cindy and Sonia had grown up together, had gone to school together, and had comp uh, competed in local beauty contests. Sometimes one would win, sometimes the other. For instance, Cindy won the country title of Miss Harvest Queen, while at the local high school, Sonia was named Miss Homecoming. But the main competition between these two women flared in the area of romance. It happened that both of them were in love with Jim, widely regarded in the area as strapping, promising, and eligible. Newspaper accounts do not say what Jim thought of the spe spectacle of two beautiful women fighting over him. Maybe he found this spectacle embarrassing, or maybe he uh, liked it. But in any case, Jim had to choose, which he did. He left Cindy for Sonia, and Jim and Sonia announced their plan to marry. When Cindy heard the news, she must have felt as if she had been stopped, as if Jim and Sonia were trying to twist a knife between her ribs. Cindy wasn't used to disappointment in romance, and she had no idea where to find an antidote for it. It was bad enough to have lost Jim. But what really poisoned Cindy was the thought that her rival had walked off with her prize, that her rival was pleased and satisfied, that her hated rival was filled to the brim with bliss. So Cindy rose up against Sonia and slew her. One autumn night in Iowa, Miss Harvest Queen strangled Miss Homecoming with a leather belt and left the whole community choking with grief. As its base, um, envy is corrupted from of uh, envy is a corrupted form of resentment and therefore of anger. Uh, if anger settles into chronic irritability, it sets up against anything and everything. Anger is passionate againstness. Um, anger lies at the base of both the virtue of indignation and the sin of envy. That's, that's quite something, isn't it? 
it's actually a lot. Um, but if you know anger, you know how easy it is for us to murder and how easy it is for us to go against the other person. If there is a sin that your pastor has been, has been tested in the last couple of days, has been this one, like anger. Um, and I've been reminded of it <laughs> yesterday and the day before yesterday and everything. So we were uh, going with Tim for breakfast, and it was full. Starving Arvins was full. So I went, make the line, was waiting. I forgot to sign up, so it's my fault, right? Uh, and they've been seeing my face for like 15 minutes, and I'm with my boys, and they are running from one, to play, from one place to another, waiting, and I said six, a table for six, still waiting, still waiting. Tim arrives, there is no table. And all the people before that came after me uh, are getting their tables. And I go, this is just crazy, right? I'm getting angry. And then I go, shoot, I'm teaching about angry, anger tomorrow. <laughs> um, so anger is um, something really interesting. And it's easy to a mistake and to misunderstand. So let's see what it is. And how, how we can use, if you, if you will, anger in a proper way. So um, anger or wrath can be called a misdirected sense of justice. Wrath is not an appetite like uh, lust, as we saw last week, but a distortion of something that is meant to be good. So think about passages of the Bible where the Lord is angry with the wicked. Uh, the Lord was angry at Israel. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Um, uh, that phrase is actually very interesting in Hebrew because it's the nostrils of God were kindled against Israel. Because anger for the Hebrew language and for the Hebrew mentality is in your nose, in your nostrils. Um, it is so super interesting. Uh, if anger is something evil, then is God sinning? But there is no sin in God. Right? So anger, therefore, is not something evil. Anger is something good that can be expressed in a good way, as God always does it. The problem is, because of sin, we don't express anger in a sinless way. We always sin, even if we, if we are justified uh, about it. So we will see why that is. Anyhow, uh, we will explore wrath, trying to understand what it is and what it's not. And hopefully we will see the origin of anger in us because anger is in God. It's one of his attributes, secondary attribute, right? Uh, he is love and he is merciful and he is just. When we reject his love, we get his justice and his anger in, in response to that. Then we will try to explore some of the ramifications of wrath in areas of our lives and society. And finally, we will see the solution to wrath in Jesus' beatitude that calls us to be peacemakers. And we, in a sense, we have been listening about it, as you will see. Anyhow, do you have any questions so far? Okay. Um, I'm sure you can, in many respects, sympathize with me, hopefully, and uh, see how that is super easy to get, right? You can feel it in your blood, like it boils your blood, and you start to get it 
get, get angry and uh, how is this possible? Oh, right. Um, well, we will see. Anger is in many respects a very natural answer. Anger is closely linked to justice. And that's, that's key. We get angry when we see injustice happening around us. So in that sense, ang anger is not, is not an evil thing. Remember the psalm. Uh, in fact, we, I think we read uh, Psalm 13 this morning after breakfast. I think it was 13. Uh, where David is like, there is no good person in the land. All of them have disappeared. And the wicked prevail, the innocent and the poor are being destroyed and crushed, and uh, God do something. That's anger, anger to injustice. And, uh, and anger very well directed, by the way. Going to God and saying, how can this be possible, Lord? That the, the, the good and the righteous are no more, but the wicked are prospering and they are crushing the, the, the innocent. Right? So it's a cry to God for justice. It's not, and pay attention to that, it's not, uh, it's not this idea of, ah, the poor are being crushed. I'm going to seize everything the, the rich have, lower them down, so I, I'm going to lord over them, and, you know, which is what socialism and communism does. Or, ah, Marie Antoinette is eating that last muffin. We're going to kill her in the guillotine because she doesn't deserve a muffin anymore. She's too fat. Um, that's the, the Enlightenment, right? Um, uh, Har is it Harvey Weinstein, and Andy Weinstein? The famous movie director, uh, Harvey. Yeah, so he used to go to this hotel in Los Angeles, as you probably know, and it was the hotel that every single famous person used to stay in. And he's the one who is producing grandiose movies for Hollywood. So everyone knows he's there. And you have a staff working there. You have uh, stars coming there to stay. And you have the fourth floor reserved for Wednesday. And uh, for years, that was just the tradition. No one said anything until one Hollywood star decided to open her mouth and announce Wednesday. And... What happened next? Oh, scandal. The guy had been abused of his, uh, abusing of his staff, uh, raping stars, making them do things that they didn't need to do in order to get um, uh, roles in the movies that he's about to produce. And even the Golden Girl uh, from uh, Pulp Fiction, which is the diva of Tarantino, Uma Thurman, she goes, yeah, that guy abused me too. As a result, we have the Me Too movement. How did that start? Well, first of all, it started from a sense of justice, which comes from a very Christian idea, by the way. Because if we are nothing else than monkeys that have evolved, right? You don't have right to say, well, he has been abusing the staff. Because what rights do they have? They are just being oppressed. Go ask the Romans if... if if that's not the case, right? They were the crushers. They were the ones who were over other people and they didn't care. So why should we care about the Me Too movement? So it was a very deeply Christian uh, inclination and sensibility that said, this is not right. And what was the answer? It was anger, misdirected anger. 
because there was a place to do things in a proper way. But instead, we went to the uh, people went to the streets. They mock Christianity in the process, and then they um, you know destroy everything in 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 the road. Divided men and women, uh, psychologically, uh, philosophically, and now those ramifications of that are being still felt today. You don't understand women because you are a man. And you are an abuser because you are a man. Is that what the Bible says? Um, those are the origins of misguided justice and actions in anger. So that's a good example of that. Justice, something evil was done, and we needed justice. But instead of doing it in the proper way and going through the proper uh, means, we just decided to take justice in our hands. And when we do that, then we sin. And then we have misguided, uh, self-centered justice, and we act in wrath. Does that make sense? Do you have... I'm not saying protesting is a sin. I'm saying rioting is a sin. And there is a difference between the two. Yeah. So protesting, you can express your opinions, right? Uh, rioting destroys everything in, in your... Yeah. But there was also, uh, you know, we are going to get in churches and destroy things. And if you saw, there, there were videos of people going into Roman Catholic churches um, you know, interrupting the mass, uh, undressing themselves before people and things like that. So that's not okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, all right. Does that help, Debbie? Yeah, okay. So um, the problem is that since the fall, we don't think about justice in God's terms anymore because we are self-centered creatures since the fall. Our anger tends to be self-centered as well. So it is not that the, it's not what God calls injustice that we are concerned about, but what we call injustice. Then anger becomes wrath. And I, I had to be honest with you. This is an example taken from real life, from my nieces and from my own son, um, and nephews too. Uh, think about the little baby who is eating cookies. His big brother comes and takes one of the cookies. The answer of the baby immediately is to burst in anger. He's angry because it's his cookie, because he does not want to share, because uh, Big B, the brother, is messing up with his little kingdom. It is not fair that he has to share a cookie. It is an outrageous injustice against him, and he bursts into, into anger. John Calvin has something similar in his institutes. He goes, we are sinners since we are born. He says, you want me to give you an example? He says, think about the twins. And both of them are eating from their mom's breast. But, he says, the other one wants more. And so he pushes the other and struggles for the other breast, even though he's being satisfied. Um, that's who we are by nature. Thomas, we were in Sam's. And uh, we were with our friend. And she has like this brilliant idea. I don't know where she got that from. Uh, but she goes, I'm going to take a piece of pizza from Thomas and see what happens. And I was just looking the action from the distance. And another person was in front of them looking to the action from the distance. And I was looking at him. 
uh, because he was looking at Thomas and my friend. And she goes, my friend goes like, go. And Thomas goes, no, my pizza. Ah! And I look at him, and he's just losing it, laughing like crazy. Um, but then Thomas does something that he shouldn't from the beginning, not only screaming, but then he grabs the pizza and zoom to the floor. I'm like, oh, we are in problems right now. Now I'm angry, right? Now he's going to see what is going to happen to him uh, because he shouldn't have done that. So he's angry. I'm angry. My friend is really feeling really guilty because <laughs> she shouldn't have done that. And the guy is just losing it, <laughs> uh, laughing about it. Anger. We are angry people. Um, and believe it or not, that happens with us as well. When was the last time that you got furious because someone was not at church? So when was the last time that you were like, oh, I didn't see you at church. What happened? Oh, yeah, there was a game. So we decided to go there instead. Like, oh, no, the Lord's Day is for you. God speaks to you in the, in, in the preached word. Why did you mess up? That is not okay. Repent. We don't say that, right? We go, oh, okay, was it good? Yeah, it was cool. Oh, all right. Um, we don't get angry about those things. We are so individualized that we are concerned about, yeah, you know, whatever, whatevs. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. Or when was the last time that you were angry because someone made a Jesus joke? Uh, when Jesus was, you know, and then sometimes we laugh. We don't get, oh, that's a misuse of the third commandment. Stop it. We don't, we don't do that. Um, when was the last time that someone said, OMG, right? We go, OMG too, right? Um, when was the last time that you were furious because of something righteous? Uh, you are violating God's law. When was the last time that you were furious because you lied? You don't go like, ah, oh, please forgive me. I lied to you. I'm so mad at me. I lied to you and I shouldn't have done it. Please forgive me. That is not the truth. This is the truth. That I did this and that or whatever. Right? But we don't get furious. We start thinking, okay, if this person asks me about this, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to say. And remember that I told this person this and that. And so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and we get trapped in another lie and another lie and another lie until we get caught. And when we get caught, we get furious because we got caught. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's happened to me. Like, I don't know if it has happened to you. It's happened to me. That's what I'm telling you. Um, Bender done that. My, when Ecuador became uh, dollarized, because we have American dollars as currency, I have never in my life seen 50 cents, like those big coins that we don't have here. We do have them over there, the American ones. We do, but not circulating. Yeah, no, we have them like a lot. And um, it was the first dollar that my grandma had in the grocery store. So I went and took them. 
And I, I took them and I was like, oh, these are so cool. Grandma comes like, hey, have you seen my uh, uh, 50 cents coins? Like, no, no, I have not. Like, oh, those are the only ones. There have to be somewhere. Like, I don't know. Haven't seen them. Oh, okay. Bad idea. <laughs> I was like nine or ten. Bad idea. Mom comes. Really angry. Red face, like as red as the hymnal. <laughs> like, I know you took them. Where are they? <laughs> Sorry, Mom. They are there under the mattress. Why did you take them? Why did you lie? I'm sorry. That's kind of like the explosive kind of anger that we normally um, express. There is another kind of anger that we don't think about it in terms of anger. And that is the cold-blooded, calculating anger that goes, so how do you feel? I'm feeling great. And are you not upset? that this person did this to you? No. But when I can, I'm going to take revenge and they are going to suffer for every single thing that they have done to me. Think about Charles Manson, right? Uh, what did you do? Well, we wanted to have fun and we went to that guy's house. He thought he was protected. He wasn't, and we just had fun, killed him, and make him see how we killed his wife. Cold-blooded, murderous anger, wrath, um, and it's very calculating, right? It doesn't burst immediately, it doesn't explode immediately. It plans, it advances, and then when you see it, it's back at you. And uh, um, it's, it's a really horrible and frightening kind of uh, wrath or anger. Do you have any questions so far? All right. Well, we normally get furious because our laws are broken. Our time of being left alone is not being respected because we are missing out, because we weren't chosen, because everyone talks about him and not me. We get mad because our little kingdom are being our little kingdoms are being disturbed and we don't like it. Think about it. What is it that pushes your buttons? Why is uh, what is it that makes you mad? And is that reasonable? Is that righteous? Right? Is that how it's supposed to be? Um, when you have the chance to show grace and mercy to the other person, but instead you go, ah! Um, is that the proper response? Um, what is it that pushes your buttons? And then if someone knows you really well and knows how to push your buttons, like the devil does, right? The devil knows what to buttons push in us. He knows, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this to this guy. And then uh, I will be happy to see him fall. Um, what is it? Learn to, as Calvin says, learn to know yourself well. Because when we know ourselves in light of the scriptures, we know how wicked we are, and then we know how God, God is, and how holy 
and blessed he is. So we can, in discovering that, we can come to him and then we can ask for forgiveness because of who we are. And he will forgive us. That's the most amazing thing, by the way. Uh, God knows everything that we are capable of. Uh, think about your darkest secrets, the darkest corners of your heart that no one else knows about, only you. And that you don't have to tell me. Uh, but those things, God knows. And even then, he loves you. And it extends grace and mercy in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Like I can be, I know who I am. But God knows who I am better than I, uh, I know myself. And he knows how wicked I am and how capable of more wickedness I am. But he restrains that with his spirit. He offers me grace and mercy with his, uh, in his son, Jesus Christ. And even then, he loves me. This is the wonder of the gospel, Paul says, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Isn't that amazing? Romans 5, right? Um, that even though we may um, exploding angerers, if that is a word, or even if we are cold-blooded kind of uh, angerers, again, even then God um, is extending mercy to us. Uh, so what is it that pushes your buttons? What makes you mad, visibly mad, or coldly calculating kind of mad and angry? That God's kingdom is being violated or that your kingdom is, been, is being violated? Um, we're watching a movie, right? Finally, peace. Kids are sleeping. Now we can ah, disconnect, rest, watch a movie. Don't think about it. Just being dumb for, for two hours, right? What a rest. What a, what a mercy it is to just being able to unplug yourself. There he comes, walking. Mama. <sighs> What's going on now? Right? And then what happens next is, is what makes anger even more wicked. Because how do you react against that other person that comes crying or calls you on the phone or whatever? And you go, why are you like that? I'm going to punish you because this is my time of being refreshed. You have no right to mess with my time. No right to eat the last cookie. No right to eat the last bacon. Bacon. Um, whatever that is, right? This is for me. I was on the line. Why couldn't you see that? Right? Um, but we, <laughs> David was such a testimony, a faithful witness to me during General Assembly. Seven months, the reservation was there by run. We arrived to the Sheraton. Yeah, wait. Okay. We were sitting down four hours. Then we, and then we started to see people moving towards the desk and everything. And everyone was like, oh, shoot, we need to be moved. We need to be moved. Like, David, we should ask. He goes, no, let's, let's wait and see. Okay. So I'm waiting. 
getting impatient. I'm going to ask. Okay. So I go ask, yeah, you've been moved. To what hotel? Um, we don't know yet. Like, what? Yeah, wait, we will tell you. General Assembly is starting at 6. It's 4 p.m. I went, yeah, we have two hours. Well, they are telling us that we need to go and talk to that lady in the desk. We go. So, yeah, you've been moved to this hotel. And everyone is like, oh, great. But we had reservations. And what can we do? There is nothing we can do. I'm sorry. Like, I will, I'm going to tell you what you can do, said one of, one of my colleagues. I want to stay in this hotel. Like, no, sorry, we can't. So I go, David, you go. Because <laughs> I'm not going to react well. And he goes, um, do you have our names? Said, yeah, here, you, are, you have been reassigned to this hotel. And I go, oh, that's great. And David goes, okay, thank you for your help. Goodbye. And I go, and then another pastor is coming, and he goes, thank you for being such a good example for us. And I go, wow, good thought sending David. <laughs> he was such an example for me because I was like, I was mad. And, and Ron was like, they cannot move you. What is going on? And then we moved from, to the hotel that we were moved to. Surprise, surprise, your names are not here. Ah, oh, great. Now we need to walk around uh, Memphis trying to find out where we are located. Finally, we discovered it. And when we arrived to the hotel where we were located at, they go, we don't have your names here. Then David goes, I think my patience is running low. <laughs> I was like, just now? <laughs> but then I said, brother, you are being such a great example to me. Thank you for that. Because, <laughs> you know, my little kingdom, my commodity first. I don't care about the rest. I care about myself. That is the most selfish thing that we are, and that's why we get mad when someone plays with our toys, right? And when we get angry in this way, our response is not to be humble, patient, loving, merciful, tender. Good thing David is not here because then he will be ashamed. But he was all of those things with the people in the hotel. Uh, rather, our response is that we want justice according to our own standard. Do you know what I was thinking? I'm going to write a letter. Like, uh, have you seen uh, that movie, White Chicks? It's like black guys who disguise themselves as women in order to investigate a, a, a robbery, no, a kidnapping, and so on. Um, but these are like very uh, wealthy ladies and they make a tantrum like, oh, I'm going to write a letter right now. Give me paper and give me a pen and I'm going to write a letter. Dear Sheraton, you know, I was like that. I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to complain. That's what we want. Justice according to our own standard. Anger in that sense is a love for justice perverted to revenge and a spite. And that's Dante Alighieri's uh, Purgatory, second book. Uh, here's another example. Uh, Anton LaVey's, uh, is that how you pronounce his last name? LaVey? Yeah. Uh, satanic Bible. Uh, it advises its readers to hit first and hit hard so the enemy will be afraid of us. That's a paraphrasis, by the way. It doesn't say it in that way, but it's, it's what it means. When your enemy comes to you and he wants to hit you, make sure that you hit him and hit him really hard so he can understand again so next time he will be wiser when he faces you. Anger. 
This kind of anger is not concerned about restoration, but with revenge and dominance. Um, when someone asks you for forgiveness, anger makes you think that you have taken an easy exit. And isn't that a, like a common one? Uh, honey, please forgive me. I have sinned against you. Oh, it's so easy for you to say that. Now I have to forgive you. Right? Um, but how hard, when we have been um, wronged, how hard it is to say, okay, yeah, God has given me grace. I have been forgiven. I'm going to forgive you. Wrath makes you tell your spouse how many times she or he has sinned against you. In what ways and why forgiveness is not the path, but revenge. I'm going to remind you every single time that you have done something stupid so you feel horrible, as horrible as I feel right now. And then when you understand that, and, and when I decide that that's enough, then we will talk. Right? Um, anger. Wrath slash backslash anger is always partial, jaded. It does not care to listen to the other side nor to make peace. Because peace is not something that we are interested in, right? Um, think about 9-11. Think about I didn't know this, okay? You will have to forgive me for that because I was in Latin America and I was, I was in Ecuador and I was 11 when that happened. Yeah. But I didn't know that uh, television is... Um, Filtered, filtered, um, that you don't receive every single image that you could see. Censored, thank you. That you, you guys didn't see how those bodies were slamming against the floor. I read that recently in a book, and I was surprised. It makes sense, but I was surprised. Um, how horrible was that? To see people in the air crawling and seeing... In the air, they are already dead because they know they are going to die anyway. And your body just kills you. And then to see how they slammed against the floor. And um, that was televised. I was 11. And then I went to my mom like, Mom, you don't, have you seen the news? And she goes like, no, someone attacked America. And she goes like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. No. It's happening. Come and see. I dragged her to the TV. She was mad at me for dragging her to the TV. We turned on the TV, and there it was. Again, and again, and again, and again. Then President Bush, we saw him talking. And I was thinking, um, is he, why is he saying Islam is a religion of peace? That's the most stupid thing that he can say. But he's, he's a politician. He's not to level up the feelings that are already up, right? Um, but if someone would have told you at that moment, uh, are you ready to go and kick butt? I'm sure you will have said, yes, let's go. Let's kick butt. Let's kill those guys. Let's, I have like a big boot and we can use it, right? Um, why? Because we've been hurt. It was horrible. Um, 
And I'm not saying the response was bad. I'm just saying um, he kind of handled it well because he could have raised the stages even more and he could have just wiped everything in a second and he chose not to. Um, and that was very wise, methinks, even though I don't think Islam is a religion of peace. Um, wrath divides, makes you feel you are the hero who has everything right and never makes, makes mistakes. It's a vil vigilant imposing our own crooked sense of justice. More often than not, is revengeful justice. That's what I like Batman so much. Like the guy kicked butt, but he doesn't kill anyone, right? He's like good vigilante. Um, but we don't work in that way. Um, and uh, often we want to just impose our own sense of justice. I have done nothing wrong. In the, let me remind you, let's wait here for a second. Let me remind you, I have done nothing wrong here. It's you who have sinned against me. That's not true, by the way. <laughs> That's ourselves attacking the other person because we want justice. Because we know, if we are honest with ourselves, that all the time we are sinning against each other. And if we go back enough, we can say, yep, I've sinned against you. Yep, I did that. Please forgive me. Maybe you didn't sin against me in this. Uh, I didn't sin against you in this specific instance, eating the last bacon. You knew it was my bacon. You took it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't do anything there. But I have mistreated you. And I have done things that will make you go, it makes sense to eat his last bacon. He deserves it. He doesn't deserve to have the last bacon, right? Ultimately, wrath is a deadly sin because it separates us from those we ought to embrace and cherish as fellow children of God. In other words, um, wrath separates you from brothers, sisters, your neighbor, those that we are to love and, and cherish. And we forget that uh, that's what we need to do. Um, yeah. Do you have any questions? Wrath is irrational. It's like a Hulk. It only smashes. Because we don't think when we are ang angry, do we? Have you seen the Hulk? But that guy is so funny. Like, go Hulk! Attack them! Roar! Hulk smash! Pfft! Hulk smash! Pfft! That's all that he does. And when they ask him, like, what is your secret? To be always Hulk. Like, uh, no, no, uh, in the Avengers movie. Like, go, Dr. I forget his name, Banner, I think it is. Uh, it's time to get angry. He goes, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Boom. Um, it's irrational. And then, he be and then in the newer movie, he's ashamed of himself because he sees the old Hulk when, the old Hulk when they go back in time. And he sees the old Hulk like smashing, smashing. It's a stupid guy just smashing things. And he's like, ah. And they go, go, do your thing. And he goes, okay, smash, <laughs> smash. Because he's not the same guy anymore. But that's who we are when we are angry. Smash, smash, smash. Crush. I'm going to make you feel bad because I can. Angry. Right? 
Uh, what about the scriptures? In Ephesians 4, 26, 27, Paul affirms, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I don't remember the title of the book, but Stephen King has a book. Uh, uh, the name is erased from my head. But is The Devil Comes to a Town. It's a really small town. And everyone is happy, you know, pretending to be happy. And there is gossip behind and everything. But no one says anything because we want to keep peace, right? And then uh, the devil comes. He puts a store on downtown. And then he is selling stuff to people. Like an elvish, elvish cloak. Like a magic wand that you can do things with. Like really cool stuff. And they go, how much for this one? And he goes, not money. Oh, what do you want? Says, do you know Mrs. Wozniak over there? She says, yeah. So I want you to go breaking his house in her house and tore apart her curtains. Prank her. Oh, okay. So he uses like the invisibility elvish cloak, goes, destroys it. Then another guy. So do you know like how much do you want it? Do you know this so and so? Yeah, I want you to go take his dog. Cut his hair entirely. Prank him. Oh, okay. Goes and does it. And so on. By the end of the book, everyone is attacking each other, killing each other. And the devil is in the middle of town, smiling. And he says, it's easy to defeat it, to defeat them when they are divided. Give no opportunity to the devil, Paul says. Misguided anger becomes wrath which we have been describing. Uh, when we get angry at uh, true justice and react in a gospel way, then we are, we are not following wrath anymore. We are following righteous anger. How does that look like? Jesus Christ himself showed that that kind should be there of righteous anger when he moves everyone away from the courts of the temple complex. God says in the Bible that he's angry with the sinner every single day. And his anger is righteous anger because sin has ruined his kingdom. And his anger, in his anger, he never reacts unjustly. He gives everyone his due, including due punishment. Think about that. Um, people who are in hell right now, they can be complaining about anything. One thing that they cannot complain is, we don't deserve this. Because they are getting precisely, exactly, to the measure of their sins, what they deserve. Um, in fact, salvation is something that we don't deserve. And we get in Jesus Christ because he was punished in our place, right? Uh, righteous anger with sin is what Jesus received over himself on the cross. He stood condemned in our place. Righteous anger cries out to God, leaving revenge to God. The saints cry out for justice and revelation. This is a cry in holy anger because the saints on earth are being persecuted. Think about that image, right? How long, O oh Lord, is this going to continue happening? How long? And they are the ones who are bringing the incense, the prayers of the saints, to the presence of God. So that is righteous anger. Lord, stop this mess. Lord, please do justice. Uh, Lord, we pray for those who are being kidnapped today during the game in order to be sold into slavery to some guy in Europe or in Japan just because he can. Right? Um, Super Bowl. Because it's, it's about to be season, isn't it? Or not? 
it started. Super Bowl spectacle, super amazing. Every channel is transmitting it. We all are enjoying the commercials. And hundreds of people in the background are being kidnapped to be sold into slavery, sexual slavery. Mostly kids. Who is praying for that, right? Lord, please bring justice. Stop those guys. Stop the guys who are persecuting your church. Uh, transform them to the gospel, or, or please remove them. We don't want to see our brothers again suffering. That's righteous anger. Um, so how do we confront sinful anger, uh, otherwise called wrath? Jesus affirms that instead of falling into sinful anger, revenge, doing our own justice, we need to become peacemakers. A peacemaker, however, is not a stoic person who never reacts to anything, right? Uh, you are stupid. Oh, yeah, I didn't feel anything. No, that's not how it goes. Peacemaking requires active participation. Jesus voluntarily and purposefully went to the cross in order to make peace between God and us. So think about it because we have been seeing it uh, for, for the last Sundays. Jesus could, and he had the right to, and the power for, just getting rid of those Roman guys. And he could have been just okay. But instead of that, he uh, uses his power to submit himself to those guys who are abusing him. So that's that's what it means to be a peacemaker. It requires effort from us because it's not easy, right? Uh, you are telling me that I need to forgive you? Yep. See if that's easy. Doesn't come easy, does it? Um, think I told you this, or maybe it was in the marriage book, but I, there was a day I was super ready to fight with my wife for anything. Like, she said white, I will say black. It was one of those days I was in one of those stupid moods. And uh, I go, um, I asked you to change the um, plastic bags. It was nothing. Like, I was, I was already doing it. You didn't do it. Like, what happened? I knew. I knew she will react in like, no, but that's your job because it's my job. Um, I knew that will happen. You know what happened next? She goes, oh, honey, please forgive me. I did wrong. You asked me, I didn't do it. And I was like, great. <laughs> yeah, no more fight. So... I was like, what a horrible mess we are, are we not? Then I had to apologize. <laughs> I wanted to fight. Forgive me for that. Right? Uh, it's not easy. It takes that you move away from your pride. Uh, peace is not something that we have in ourselves. That's the problem. We are not at peace with ourselves. We are broken people. And we are always fighting with ourselves, with other people, because that's, that's who we are in, in, in our sinful nature. Wrath and sin have disturbed us, have broken us, and all the time we look to break others or are broken by others. Sin, sinful people sin against other people. 
hurt people hurts other people. That's how it goes. It's not true, uh, brothers and sisters, that you have a victimizer and a victim all the time. Sometimes that's true. But generally speaking, when the victimizer leaves, the victim becomes the new victimizer. Think about um, big scheme. Think about communism, right? And what happened? We are going to destroy the czars. You know how that happened, right? They went into the palace, take the, took the royal family, the ones who have stayed there because the others, the czar and their family had run away. And then they found them, they uh, killed them, they burned them with acid, and then they spread their ashes, and then they burned them in, in a, a coal mine. Um, and then they thought, this is going to be the best, the greatest. Now we are going to be equal, like, like the Smurfs. We are going to be happy and everything is going to be a paradise and everything. 15 million people died under that regime because peace is not something that we can have in ourselves. We want to crush everyone, right? So in a world like that, peace is impossible to obtain in ourselves. We need to receive peace from God. And in Jesus Christ, we receive such peace. Um, so Romans 5, I'm, here uh, I'm thinking on when Paul says um, that Jesus Christ has made peace. We have peace with God in Jesus Christ. It is the result of justification. When we believe in Jesus, we no longer have God against us, but God for us. And that's a huge difference. Therefore, we receive his peace that peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, it's not that peace that you can see in Kung Fu Panda, if you have seen Kung Fu Panda. You can tell I like cartoon movies. Kung Fu Panda is a really cool movie. There is Master Shifu trying to obtain peace, and he's meditating, inner peace, inner peace, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, because he has this stupid panda trying to learn Kung Fu, and he can't get peace. But then they defeated the evil guy and then everything is, you know, good with the panda and him. There is pieces among them, each other. And then he goes, ah, he's on the floor, laying on the floor. And Poe, the panda, goes, are you dead? It's like, no, I'm at peace. Oh, okay. So he lays next to him. Are you hungry? <laughs> um, peace is when that wrath and war between two people is over and so we can talk and we can be friends and we can grow together we were at war with god but in jesus christ that is no longer the case there is peace between him and us and we can approach him and so we have received of that peace in fact he starts restoring our hearts so that we are no longer broken anymore, but he is starting to mend our hearts, so we have peace in our hearts. That we are at peace with God means that we are part with or of his family. We have been adopted into Jesus Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. We don't need to fight for our rights because we have, we have been given what we didn't deserve. Think about that. Um, parable of... Um, the father and the two sons, right? What is the second son say to the father? But dad, 
I paint with you, like think, uh, I don't know, um, Walton's son. But daddy, you haven't given me my own Aston Martin. Like what's wrong with you? And I, you know, I, I've been with you working in the Walmarts and doing all that stuff. And you have never given me a party. What's wrong with you? And, and God goes, son, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours already. I don't know why you are complaining. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. Everything God owns is ours in him. I don't know why we like to complain. And I, I am a big complainer. I don't know why we will get angry. And I'm, as I said, one who struggles with this one a lot. So when we understand that, when we think of God's mercy, then we can offer that same grace and mercy to others. A peacemaker is not interested in his own kingdom, so he forgives, follows his master in developing a Christ-like character. Think about this. Um, I have forgiven you so many times, and you keep being stupid. Why are you so stupid? Uh, that's wrath-making people. The peacemaker goes, I have forgiven you lots of times, but Jesus has forgiven me many more times than that and for many more horrible sins than the ones that you are committing against me. So I'm going to forgive you. Even though you don't deserve it, but I don't deserve it either. So because he has forgiven me and has given me of his grace and his mercy, I'm going to extend the same grace and mercy to you. Does that hurt? Of course. Will you be abused because of that? Many times. But God will restore you, and God will grow you and protect you and be with you, even though, he, uh, even though that may happen. Sometimes it doesn't, actually. Sometimes what happens is that when you're a peacemaker, it stops the chain of reaction and the chain of violence right there. As I said, I was ready to continue fighting until she said, Please forgive me. I was like, ah, I cannot fight. Yeah, she ruined a perfectly good fight. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't anymore, right? Uh, um, think about the cycle of violence that could have been unchained in South Africa when Nelson Mandela was the president. Every single black guy was ready, like sharpening the knives, like grabbing the bats, and they were, this is our turn. Now we are going to smash them. And Nelson Mandela goes, I forgive you. And I love you. And we are going to continue struggling with trying to work together. His own guys are like, what? Are you stupid? Like many of those guys left him. And he goes, that's the gospel way. And he does it. Um, think about how many of those things can change if we are peacemakers. Because God is a peacemaker. Right? And because he has forgiven us, which let me remind you once again, it's been a lot. You can forgive too. Do you have any questions? Yep. Well, I love it. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thinking about Christmas. <laughs> it's just September. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But that's that's right. I was actually thinking on Scrooge. And <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you have any other questions? No? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Um, Thank you for the peace that you have given us in Jesus Christ. Lord, um, even though we know this is going to hurt, we pray, Lord, uh, that you may open our hearts to your spirit. Show us when we react in anger. Help us to be moved by your Holy Spirit and uh, to react in a different way, in a peacemaking way. Remind us all the time that you have paid for our sins, which were many. And as the Heidelberg Catechism says, we increase them every single day of our lives. And yet in Jesus Christ, you have forgiven every single one of them. So help us to be reminded of that. Help us to remember that you have shown a grace to us and mercy and forgiveness so we may be able to be peacemakers um, everywhere we go. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.